Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Brett Lilly has supported independent tech news directly for five years. Be like Brett. Become a DTNS member right now at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Monday, June 17th, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. And I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. Let's get ready for tech news. We got a lot of stuff for you today. Uh, We got some Huawei news. Uh, We got some weird non-copyright but using lyrics without permission news. Uh, But let's start, Sarah, with some tech things you should know. Let's do it, Tom. Counterpoint Research estimates the smartphone market in the Africa and Middle East regions in Q1 increased by 6% year over year, while feature phones declined 6%. More than 70%. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, 
Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Percent of smartphones sold in the region were priced below $150. China's transition uh, leads the market with 90% share under its techno iTel and Infinix brands. It also offers digital media services like the music platform Boomplay. Huawei was the fastest growing brand up 27% year over year. Walmart began rolling out Delivery Unlimited, a delivery subscription that costs $98 annually or $12.95 a month. Customers can order through Walmart Grocery and select a delivery time window. Walmart previously offered online ordering with either a flat $10 delivery free or free in-store pickup. Samsung is closing its last smartphone factory in China, a decision attributed to declining sales of Samsung phones in China and made before U.S. trade restrictions came into being. Samsung stopped recruitment for the plant on February 28th. Samsung's share of the Chinese smartphone market dropped from 20% in 2013 to 1% last year. Samsung has been expanding production in Vietnam and India, and it opened the world's largest mobile phone manufacturing facility outside New Delhi last year. All right, let's talk a little bit more about Instagram. Trying to help you when you're hacked. Oh, let's do it. Instagram is testing new features to help account owners regain access after their accounts have been hacked. This is a thing that happens. It's happened to me, actually. (laughs) Users will now be prompted to enter the email address and phone number linked to their account or the ones they used when they initially signed up for the platform, after which point Instagram sends a six-digit code that will allow you to regain access. An Instagram spokesperson tells Motherboard, who reported on the story in quite a few incarnations, that if a hacker has access to the information to... Quote, when you regain access to your account, we will take additional measures to ensure a hacker cannot use code sent to your email address or phone number to access your account from a different device. Yeah, I've I've known other people who have had this happen to them. Uh, Some successfully get it back. uh, Some don't. Some say, like, I went through all the things they told me and I still don't have access. So previously you had to do something like send a picture of yourself with a code in the picture. And it was manual review. And I think that's probably why it wasn't always working because manual review or whatever. Uh, So I, I tend to think this is not a great, solution uh because what you're saying is we used to have a person looking at this to make sure that it was working right but we can't handle that so instead we're making up this automated version which i think will be easier for the bad folks to manipulate uh because we we just can't make the one that requires human input work and going from less human customer support uh, from 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 human customer support to less human customer support doesn't make me more confident that Instagram will get this right more often. Yeah, there are a couple of things going on here. To me, it's like Instagram is saying this is a rampant problem, you know. So we have to have some automated way to deal with it because we simply don't have the the humans involved to be able to to deal with this all. And also, Instagram thinks most of the time this is sort of a plug and play solution. Most of the time, the steps that a human would take to right the wrong is the same thing that we could automate. However, um, that 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 that's not going to satisfy all of the cases. Yeah, I, I I think being able to 
talk to a person, to interact with the person is is most important when you're so frustrated uh, and and upset if somebody takes your account away, right? You want to prove that it's you. And having to go through email without even actually getting on a phone with, with a person is is frustrating enough. But now they're taking even away that little bit of human interaction. So I'm not, I'm not sure this really improves things. Analyst Ming-Chi Kuo says his industry sources, which tend to be pretty accurate, uh, indicate that Apple's three new iPhones coming in the second half of next year, that's 2020. He's already said lots about the 2019 phones, but he says next year in 2020, we're going to get a 5.4 inch, a 6.7 inch 5G iPhone. That'll be the first 5G iPhones next year and a 6.1 inch LTE model, all of them with OLED displays. Uh, this is a change in size too, because currently the 10S is 5.8 inches. So if Quo is right, it would get a little smaller, go down to 5.4 inches. And the 10S Max is 6.6 inches. That one would get an, a little bit bigger to 6.7 inches. And Quo thinks that in 2021, all the phones will have 5G. So if 5G is your thing and you're an iPhone user, you're going to want to wait until 2020 because you won't have a 5G iPhone before then uh, or you're going to have to get another one in 2020 when one comes out. Yeah. So a couple things. Okay. So there's, there's a whole 5G thing like, all right, I've got, you know, I've got my iPhone, you know, it's a max or a plus rather. <laughs> I get, I get uh, tripped up by all the phone nomenclatures, but um, the fact that it might be a little bit bigger. Okay. Maybe not the end of the world. It's already pretty big. Um, but the whole 5G thing being bundled in in 2020 means Okay, in September of 2019, what's in it for me? Kind of nothing, right? Um, but even in 2020, what's in it for me? If I really want to make uh, take advantage of 5G, also kind of nothing, because if I'm lucky, it'll be happening in the following year or the subsequent years. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it kind of depends on what the pitch is from Apple for the 2019 iPhones, uh, because if there's no real, like, got to get features in 2019, then I would say, like, hey, if your current phone's working for you, just keep it. Uh, that's usually what I say. 5G, yeah. on the other hand, is something where just because Apple will bring it to the phone doesn't mean it's worth waiting for. Maybe you won't have great 5G service where you are, or maybe where you travel, you won't have great 5G service. So sure. it might be fine to wait a little longer until 5G is ubiquitous. I know LTE was the same thing. The, the first phones with LTE in them from the iPhone we're on 4G uh, from from T-Mobile, you know, the not LTE from T-Mobile, uh, or 3G quite often in the early days. So it really wasn't worth it to upgrade to it right away. I think that's true of all phones, actually. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know if you're if you're traveling to South Korea on business or pleasure. Yeah, right. <laughs> on they've got 5G. a regular basis, right? Yeah, like it makes a lot of sense. But otherwise, it is it is. You know, Apple has has really shaken up it, its own market over the last few years. There was a point where iPhones were very streamlined. Um, we now have several models, lower end, higher end, depending on uh, you know what market that the company is marketing to, and it's a it's a whole new world. I I'm I'm sort of in the market for a new iPhone just because I've shattered the back of the siphon, but it works fine. And yeah, unless, unless enough leaks come out before, uh, before, uh, Apple announces new iPhones for 2019, that 
really give me an idea. Um, it sounds like at the bare minimum, I would wait till 2020. Yeah, I'd, I honestly wouldn't make 5G my determining factor in waiting or not. It would be whether the current phone has what I need or not. Uh, unless you're somebody like Roger who holds on to phones for, you know, three, four years, then you might think, okay, well, I might want to wait to get the one because I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep it for a long time. Comcast is adding eye-tracking to its X1 platform as an accessibility feature. It'll let customers change channels, pull up the programming guide, set DVR recordings, and navigate through other menus using their eyes. Comcast will support multiple eye-tracking hardware and software products using towable devices, sip-and-puff switches, and other assistive technologies. Customers sign into Comcast's web-based remote control and then link to their cable account to enable it. Yeah, so th- this is uh this is really good. Uh we're, we yeah. we're, we're going on record Comcast doing a good thing because not only mm-hmm. is it adding accessibility uh which is important and doing it a way that is good for people who need accessibility uh but making it available to multiple devices. So you don't have to buy a Comcast eye tracker. Uh, you got a Toby device already, but you can make it work with this. You're using sip and puff, uh, you know, the, the thing that allows you to control things by, by exhaling and inhaling. Uh, you can, you can use that. So this, you know, and people who are very close to accessibility out there or rely on this every day, uh, for their job, let us know if there is some cracks that aren't filled here, but it seems like the right way to roll this sort of thing out. Absolutely. And even for folks who don't need to use eye tracking to 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 handle a menu. What if this becomes the best way to navigate a menu going forward? I mean, we all talk about gesture-based technology, and we've been talking about it um, more and more of the last several months. Is this something that is indicative of the way that we end up dealing with our cable menus in the future. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great if finally accessibility, uh, like just avowedly led the way a lot of times accessibility functions are turned into like nifty tips and tricks for people who don't need them because they do nifty things. Uh, other times, people come up with stuff that are that are fun for most users and then like, oh, this could also be an accessibility feature. This is very much just an accessibility feature right now. You wouldn't use this if you didn't need it because of the way they set it up. You take your existing accessibility devices and you make them work with X1. But uh, eventually that doesn't mean that you couldn't also integrate this into other devices and, and expand uh, the ability to do some eye tracking in a responsible, non-invasive, non-tracking your private information kind of way uh, to to make the interface better for everybody. Yeah, I I, I, I have it in my heart that I, I want this to actually be the coolest way to do it. You know, so the rest of us, we have to get on board rather than, you know, mm-hmm. someone who needs accessibility to have to do things differently. I, you know, and, and again, as Tom said, let us know, let us know. Yeah, feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Uh, what, what do you think? As an accessibility user about uh, Comcast adding eye tracking to its X1 platform. You don't have to be a Comcast user, just uh, have an opinion about it. Um, but I I have to believe that this is leading the way. And we're not saying that Spectrum and Charter don't have their own accessibility. There's there's screen readers out there and, and all of those companies are doing something. But this is certainly the most advanced that I've seen yet. Samsung's U.S. support account uh, tweeted out that Samsung TV owners should run the built-in virus scanner every few weeks to prevent malicious software attacks on your TV. The tweet, which included an instructional video, has now been deleted. 
Why was it deleted? My guess is because The Verge ran headlines like Samsung Smart TV virus scan malware attack tweet convinces you you shouldn't own a Samsung Smart TV. Uh, The reaction seemed to be, well, Samsung, if you have to tell us to run a virus scan every two weeks, uh, then maybe we don't want your platform, which I think is unfortunate because really anything can get a virus. And the fact that Samsung has a virus scanner built in and raising awareness of it is good. I guess my first question is, why isn't this just on? Why do you as the user yeah, have like to go Why is an auto scan yeah. a, a, a setting that you can set and forget? Um, you know, especially if they set, set it up so it runs in the even, like at night when you're asleep. Because I'm sure there might be a noticeable lag on menus or any kind of... Oh, yeah, slow down your interface. That's yeah, true. If it, if it understands that no one's watching anything, that would be a great time. But if it auto updates itself, you should be able to run that scan at like you know three a.m. in the morning. Unless well, you're TV. although uh, that would mean your TV would have to turn itself on. Some people might not like that. It's true, but you know most TVs generally have a soft on and off. Like they're still per- pulling current, so they can instantaneously be turned on, like my my Samsung TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, or just have a giant sticker that says run this every week. I, you know, I think having the option for it to be auto run is a good thing. Uh, I, I, I think some people may not want it, so you should also have the ability to turn it off if you want, but, uh, but yeah, uh, it's, you should be able to just have this thing auto run, especially because way more people use TVs than understand the ins and outs of running antivirus. And so it should probably be on by default unless you're clever enough and, and tech thinking enough to want to turn it off for whatever reason. I just love the fact that the tweet had an instructional video. I mean, Samsung put some thought into this and then we're like, ah, oh, never mind. People are getting it wrong. Well, we'll and that's the other thing the is deleting this tweet because you got like people making fun of it or, or bad press. That's not a good thing either because the, no. the tweet is necessary to let people know like hey this is this is an important part of having a connected device these days well sure and it also you know it 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 introduces questions like well was it bad advice or what's going on or you know were they not ready with you know their antivirus uh initiative so no, I think they just didn't like the blowback. Uh, the implication of that 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 Verge headline that said uh, literally, uh, let me. Let, I'm trying. I'm pulling it up so I can read it. Uh, if if you if you may put it up there, um, mm-hmm. Samsung security reminder makes the case for not owning a Samsung smart TV. They're like, oh well, we don't want that tweet up there because it sounds like we're telling people not to own a Samsung smart TV now that the Verge has made that headline. I'm not saying oh. the Verge is irresponsible for running that headline. I'm saying Samsung just ignore it, just stick yeah. with it, yeah. or come out with a software update that allows you to auto run the virus. Uh, but TVs can get viruses. Like the, the, just because you're protecting your device doesn't mean your device is insecure or bad. Well, enough about Samsung. Let's talk about Huawei. No problems there. No, Reuters reports that Huawei CEO Reng Zhengfei says that revenue will be 25 to $30 billion less than expected for the year at about $100 billion total. Ren said international smartphone shipments fell 40% last month. 
not insignificant. Wren still expects a revival of business in 2021 and will not cut research and development spending because of that. Now, this was uh, in, in company with a couple of Americans uh, at, a, at a session. Uh, Nicholas Negroponte, uh, former MIT guy, the one laptop per child guy, uh, was there. And he was saying that this, these restrictions on Huawei are bad for all of us. Uh, but, you know, it is significant that Huawei publicly saying this is hurting us more than we expected uh, and this is going to hurt our bottom line. And there is one perspective that the way the reason that this is being put in place doesn't have to do with security, although that is the avowed reason. There's a theory that it doesn't have to do with security. It has to do with trade negotiations. And the way those trade negotiations would resolve it is if they feel enough pain that they give in on whatever it is that the trade negotiations from the U.S. want them to give in on. Uh, and if that's your perspective, then you want to you want to see this happen. You want to see that be pushed so that it gets resolved. Uh, and I'll have I have to admit I. I don't see how this gets resolved any other way than a big deal between China and the United States on a bunch of other things. Uh, otherwise, this is just going to stick around. Yeah, I mean, the, the short-term effects are not insignificant, as I mentioned before, and not surprising either. 2021, is this all going to bounce back? Hmm. Well, I, I I certainly don't know. It remains to be seen. It doesn't look great, but again, we're in 2019. So two years from today, a lot of things can change. Yeah, and we heard earlier about Samsung shutting down their last uh, phone plant in China. Not related to the trade dispute, but uh, not not a good thing for China to be losing that, that amount of Samsung and losing jobs and stuff like that. And they're moving that capacity to Vietnam and India. Uh, that kind of paves the way for other companies to look at that and say, well, maybe we should move to Vietnam and India. Could be great for India. Uh, if there is a downside to this for the rest of the world and an upside for China, Roger, what, what would that look like? Uh, so I posited a theory that potentially, and this is no sure bet, that uh, this could uh, stiffen resolve within the Chinese tech community to uh, insource or develop a lot of these components internally themselves. Now, of course, that takes time and takes mm -hmm. money, uh, something they could basically ask the Chinese government for. Uh, but, um, you know, it, this is one of those things that even though, say, it gets resolved in 2021. Or, or 2022, depending on how optimistic you are, the aftershocks will be felt long after then because what a lot of these companies will have determined possibly is that they need to hedge their bets and not necessarily invest their capacity all in one specific country or region where either due to political or some sort of economic shock, uh, they would be like caught short. Like, oh no, we can't develop enough LEDs or we can't uh, develop uh, a fab enough processors. Um, so, you know, how that looks uh, in the future will, will, will is still up in the air, but I doubt it will look as much of the we're going to have all our capacity in only one country or in only one region. Yeah, I mean, it could end up being a kind of situation where uh, companies in the future decide to locate things in neither China nor the United States uh, simply because they don't like the uncertainty that, that this sort of thing could happen. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely an interesting thing to keep an eye on. You were saying that a similar situation exists in, in weapons manufacturing because of restrictions yeah. in the United States. So, you know, if you're in the weapon biz, you're the U.S. is notorious on 
attaching a lot of strings to the stuff that it sells, even to to big allies. Uh, if you buy a major weapon system, actually buy most weapon systems from the U.S., you need approval if you're going to sell it again. So, like, I bought a plane from you. We're done with it. We can still make some money by selling it off to another country. You have to get State Department approval. Yeah. If you build a jet, for example, in Sweden, they build the Saab Gripen. But but the point Nine, being there are yeah. restrictions on yeah. the sales from the U.S. that cause people to want to buy things from other countries, not yeah, buy but, them from the you U.S. Know, France France is famously well known for saying, hey, we sell it to you. You don't have to worry about it. Do whatever you want. Works with anyone. Works with Russian uh, weapons. Works with American weapons. French, British, whatever. Stick it on. We don't care. You just you know, make sure you own the bank that you signed the check on. Now, that's weapons. That's a, that's a whole different yeah. situation. But the effect could be the same. The effects is my, similar. My, oh, my guess is sorry. that we're going to see this resolved before the timeline that would really start to push companies into considering that uh immediately but it could become long-term thinking it's not impossible uh my guess is it won't uh it'll it'll just be resolved before then the wall street journal reports the genius media group which runs a website with song lyrics on it has filed complaints against google for antitrust and violation of terms of service Genius claims its traffic has been dropping because Google publishes song lyrics as an info bar in search results. That's that little thing that shows up. Uh, either sometimes it's on the side, sometimes it's right in the main thing that says, oh, here are the lyrics. You don't even have to click through. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll show them to you right away. Not only that, but Genius claims that Google uses lyrics from Genius's own site without permission. Genius notified Google in 2017 and again in April that this was happening. Google says the lyrics that appear in its info bars are licensed from partners, that it has not been stealing them from Genius. But Genius, being called Genius, uh, watermarked its lyrics by alternating the apostrophes between straight and curly in a particular sequence. Genius claims that the straight and curly stand in for dots and dashes and can be converted to Morse code spelling red-handed. Ah, it's beautiful. You know, I love this story just for that, because that is super cool. After the Wall Street Journal article on this was first published, Google said it was investigating and would terminate agreements with partners who were not upholding good practices. That makes me think that Google wasn't taking things from Genius without approval, but that some of its partners might have been. And and so, in other words, think of it this way. A, an unscrupulous Google partner steals Genius's lyrics and then, through the partnership with Google, provides those lyrics that show up in the info bar and right. the curly, straight uh, pattern is preserved throughout that transaction. Man, the, the partners of the large companies who do these bad things where the large company goes, well... That was a bad partnership. Sorry, <laughs> but it wasn't us. I, they're they're really um, they're amassing themselves, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, this one isn't as bad as a Cambridge Analytica, no, right? Certainly uh, not. Which yeah, is the we're talking about rap of that, but uh, but it is something where companies are going just for their own benefit. They they should look closely at the practices of partners and. That's not the way we thought the internet was going to work back in the 2000s. It would all just happen automatically. You sign up the partners, right. the partners show up, they do the things, uh, and and the bad act, the bad information would get driven out somehow. But that doesn't seem to be the case. And it's interesting too because these lyrics belong to the songwriter. So yeah. in other, in order to be able to put them on your site in the first place, Genius and everybody else have to get a license to do that. 
Uh, so they don't belong to Genius. But what Genius is claiming is because Google puts the lyrics in the search info bar, it's antitrust. They're using their dominant position to drive down Genius's business. And it also violates their terms of service that says you can't take these lyrics off our site and use them yourself. And it's not as if Google wouldn't have a, a group of people in arm that would be working on this, but it does make more sense that it would be sort of like, all right, we have bigger fry. This is an interesting thing for search results. Let's hire this company to do this for us. And that company might be working with Genius in a way that Genius takes issue with. Yeah, yeah. Well, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. Also, thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. You can submit stories. You can also vote on other people's stories at DailyTechNewsShow.reddit.com. We're also on Facebook, Facebook.com slash groups slash DailyTechNewsShow. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Let's take a look at the mailbag. You know, I mentioned our Facebook group, and we're going to pull from something from our Facebook group today. So John, who uh, wrote us uh, over the weekend, said, remember the story about John Deere not allowing farmers the ability to repair their electronic farm equipment? I was watching Smarter Every Day, and Dustin, who is a host on the show, made a profound statement that I think might not be understood by normal people. That statement is, quote, when a farmer's equipment breaks, they can't wait for help. They know their equipment and they fix it themselves. John says, Smarter Every Day is an awesome show if you haven't seen it before. And then he links us to a Wired article. Yeah, there was a, a good uh, and, and I felt very respectful discussion amongst people to say, well, there is a limit to that. You know, there, there's certain hydraulic systems and things that would be dangerous for a farmer to fix themselves. And if that breaks, then they have to call somebody. Uh, and, and very rightly, the debate then becomes, okay, yes, that's true, but is uh, electronic farm equipment at the same level of as 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 like dangerous dangerous mechanical equipment? If it's, I could fix it, but I'm prevented by DRM or the law versus I'm prevented because I'm afraid I'll take my own hand off. I, I think that's an right. entirely different thing. But there was a good discussion about that in the Facebook group, for sure. Well, keep it coming, everybody. Facebook group, alive and kicking. Yes, indeed. Thank you, John. Thank you, everybody there. And uh, I, I want to give a shout out uh, to Mr. Six, uh, J6Toes on Twitter, who used one of my editor's desk uh, episodes to teach the difference between informational text and persuasive text at a summer school. Uh, that's awesome. 
that that's what that editor's desk is for. You get it delivered if you're a patron at the five dollar a month level. Uh, but the idea is you should be able to use it. It's 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 not DRM'd. It's freely available uh, and make use of it. And I was so glad to hear that. So thank you, Mister Six, uh, for using that. If you would like to be getting that editor's desk uh, delivered to you directly in your RSS feed, become a patron at Patreon.com/slash/DTNS. Got a question? Got a comment? Got any feedback whatsoever? Well, our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com and we welcome them. We're live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. You can find out more and tell a friend. dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Patrick Beja. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>